A non-Brahmin village priest makes an offering to a local deity, Dibaba. The offering he's making is no different from the one his father made over a quarter of a century ago. D Baba is the local guardian deity of Soyapur. Roughly 80% of Hindus in India still live in villages. The Open University first filmed here 25 years ago and documented the way in which Hinduism is lived out in a rural setting. One of the families featured was that of Dr. Upadhya, a Brahmin who has since died. We shall meet members of his family. My father prayed every day. He had a lot of time for rituals. He would bathe at 10 a.m., do his prayers and rituals in a leisurely manner. He had time. But with us, everything is in a hurry. Bathe, go to the shrine in the house, light an incense stick, say a quick prayer, gulp down some breakfast and run out of the house to work. For a Brahmin, it is very important to talk to God, even if it's only for five minutes every day. This is your duty. That duty is also carried out by women who try to find time to conduct regular puja. Here, in the 1979 film, a Brahmin woman makes an offering to a tulsi, or basil tree. This same ritual is still being carried out by Brahmin women today. This is an age-old tradition. My mother and grandmother did it before me, and I continue the tradition. We light a lamp and do a puja every evening at sunset. We must do this without missing a single day. That is said to be most holy. If you do miss a day, we have to try and make it up the next morning. Tulsima has always been in the courtyard of homes as a guide to women. She is there for the peace and security of the home. After all, it is the women that are the guardians of peace in the home and Tulsima is the symbol of household amity and peace. Women also pray to her for the long life of their husbands, and unmarried women pray to her so as to get good husbands. The Upadhyaya family, like most of the Brahmins in the village, used to be major landowners. But as the local population grew and the price of land went up, things changed. Twenty-five years ago, our village had no television, no electricity, no proper roads. Life was slow. Life was easy. Farming as a livelihood has slowly begun to die out in these parts. Now you'll find houses, large buildings, schools, etc. on what used to be farming. 
So people here have been forced to look elsewhere, especially towards the city, for alternative livelihoods, like working on building sites, building roads, pulling or driving rickshaws. These are the kinds of jobs that they are having to do. Three main castes live here. They're grouped around the pond and live in separate hamlets. The highest caste, the Brahmins, live on the north side. The Bahars live on the west, and the lowest caste, the Chamars, on the east. The physical distance between hamlets is reflected in the ritual distance between castes. 25 years ago, the lowest caste servant washed the dishes, but even though they are physically clean, Sarasvati, Mr. Upadhyaya's sister-in-law still considered them impure and they had to be ritually rewashed. It is in the idea of ritual purity that caste and religion are bound together. The way we keep the kitchen pure is by not letting any outsiders in. Before I go in, I change my clothes because they have been touched by outsiders. Only people from our own caste can come here and eat with us of our plates. And of course, there would never be any question of us eating with chamas. For Mr. Upadhyaya's wife, little has changed. There are still many restrictions on the taking and giving of food. If they are from our caste, then they can come into the kitchen, but not if they are from a lower caste. Our maid is of the lower caste, but not an untouchable caste. But even so, we would not eat food made by her hand. But outside the kitchen, things are changing. Earlier, during the time of my mother and grandmother, they wouldn't allow servants into the house. But now, they come and go quite normally. Earlier, it was the joint family system. So we would do all the housework and the servants would do the work outside the house. Now families live separately, so we have to use servants in the home now. The classification of society into different castes is an ancient system. It is said to have been handed down from the time of the Veda. But for social and political reasons, the caste system in Soyapur is beginning to weaken. <laughs> The fact is that society is changing around me and I have to keep up. In this day and age, I can't afford to be rigid about caste. If I were, I wouldn't get very much done. And this is not just for me, but for society as a whole, but particularly the Brahmin caste. The Bahas live on the other side of the pond to the Brahmins. But for them, little appears to have altered in the last 25 years. The government has given resources to people all around us, but nothing has come our way. We live in the same huts we have always lived in, and we earn our livelihoods the way we always have. Nothing has changed. The Bahas still have their own priest. Their shrine isn't dedicated to one of the major Hindu gods, but to Dee Baba, the local guardian of the village. Village deities have non-Brahmin priests. <laughs> <laughs> 
Of course, Di Baba is important. He has been central to our lives for centuries. Why should it be any different now? Di Baba looks after us. He makes sure that no harm comes to the village, that our children are safe from ill winds and disease. That's why we worship him. The Baha priest filmed in 1979 died in 2002, and his son has taken over. Satun Prasad is a local painter and decorator and works in nearby Varanasi. As a young boy, I used to watch my father doing pujas. I guess I must have learned something along the way. The pujas don't happen every day, but whenever I do a puja, the entire village gathers round. When I do the puja, I change. He enters my body and takes hold of it. I am immediately transformed. I didn't know I was to be the priest, but through some of the elders in the village, I was told that the Baba would be worshipped henceforth through me. In any one village, a whole range of deities is worshipped through different rituals. Shoka is a chama. He is also an oja, which means diviner and exorcist. And despite his low ritual status, everyone calls upon his services when modern medicine fails. Although very old, the oja is still in demand. Lots of people call on my services, but I don't really go out much anymore, unless it's very urgent. I just don't go. They come to me with all sorts of problems, physical problems, everything from stomach trouble to infertility, every kind of sadness, possessions by spirits, all kinds of things. I have solutions for all these things. There is no one in all the four surrounding villages who knows as much as I do about healing and the gods. You can use all your new machines and even they won't know as much as me.